Some say we're a declining society. We are reclining quietly. Reclining society. So we're gonna start with measure ninety-two. Actually, let's start with the governor. Oh, okay. Let's start. Governor, with the governor. Kitzhaber, are you voting for him again for his fourth term? No, no, I really I can't justify voting for him. Me either. He you did can't. fail on the Oregon Health Plan. We were supposed to be the, not Oregon Health Plan, but um, Affordable Care Act, right? We were supposed to be leading the forefront, and we came in last. Yeah, now he claims in an interview that it's not his fault and we're going to recover the money in a lawsuit. But, you know, when you, when you put that together with the Columbia River Crossing money, that's, that's about a half a billion taxpayer dollars wasted. And right. We've yet to see any money recovered from a lawsuit on either of those. And the only way, of course, we could recover the money on the Columbia River Crossing, uh, it would be to sue. Wait, but the only person who could sue would be our own government. So that just wouldn't be very efficient. Luckily, at least Oracle was. Luckily, it's not based on efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we can sue Oracle and hopefully recover our money, as Kids Harbor claimed recently in an interview with Oracle. Uh, it should have never happened in the first place, though. Absolutely. So, no on Kids Harbor. So, Measure 92 is the hot topic. I think over a million dollars has already been spent on campaigning for this one. Uh, this is the one that requires food manufacturers, retailers to label genetically engineered food as such states and citizens may enforce. How did you vote on that one? I voted no. What are you going to vote? Uh, yes, I'm definitely voting yes. People have the right to know what's in their food. There's, well... Here's my thing. We don't know what's in our food anyway. Um, cows that are fed genetically modified corn, are those, is that beef going to be considered a GMO? We might as well just say everything's GMO. Yeah, and you know, my issue here isn't really with GMO foods themselves. My issue here is with education. And, you know, Monsanto, ironically, is against it here, but in Europe supports it because they do label GMOs there where it's required by law. So clearly this isn't really any skin off their back. This is more of an issue of not yeah. wanting the consumers to know it's in their food and th their sources. I think that we have the right to know as much as possible about where our, our food came from. And it's already going to be on the order because farmers are required to disclose, you know, right at the beginning of the supply chain, what goes into their crop. So it's not going to be a huge amount of effort that's going to be required to make this happen. It's just really si simply changing a little piece of the label to say this does or does not have GMO ingredients. In right. It. How much do they say that this is going to cost? Startup cost is between five hundred fifty thousand to six hundred thousand dollars to start up. It's pretty low. I, again, I mean, the, the, this is the re, the burden here is going to be on the consumer, the, the producers of the food, to change a little, mm. add a little bit to a label. I, I don't think that this is as big of a deal as all those campaigns spending money saying that this is going to well, hurt the, the family farmers. Really, I, I don't think that it's it, sh it shouldn't be any different than making a little adjustment to a label. Yeah, well, they say that the food will have to be specifically labeled for Oregon, right? So you can, you know, so they're, they're going to be paying more to have two different packaging things going on. Granted, they could just do it all the same. Yeah, so two different packaging processes, I guess, is what, where the money would be at. So that's what would make it more expensive and supposedly the burden of those extra expenses are really going to be put on the consumer. That's the concern. Me, I don't care. I don't think GMOs, there's enough science behind it. 
and you know, I don't think it's hurtful from what I from what little science classes I did take, but um, can't can't they just put it on the website of their food instead of labeling things? Can't that just be available there to those who actually really do care? Well, I, I again, I think that it should be put on the labels uh, so you can know what you're getting in the store. But my my issue isn't about what's in the food being hurtful so much as that. Uh, Every dollar does equal one vote. And when you have a company like Monsanto that controls 95% of food production, you know, with their patented genetic crops, I as a consumer don't want to support a company like Monsanto, mostly due to their overuse of uh, glyphosate and their fertilizers. And since one dollar really does equal one vote, uh, excuse me, their glyphosate and their pesticides, that I, I, as a consumer, want to not support a company like Monsanto. So knowing that, that they are part of the supply chain is going to make me less likely to want to buy a product. And, and that, I think, is just a matter of my personal ethical choices about who I want to support with my purchase of food. So that that is my personal reasoning for it. It's not about being afraid of GMO crops. So I agree with you there. The science doesn't really show there's any Right. Difference. It sounds like that's a different argument altogether that is... I don't know. I feel it's outside of the campaigning that's been going around ballot 92. Yeah. Well, the campaigning isn't really a, a source of knowledge for educated people. It's a source of knowledge for <laughs> people that don't feel like doing hey, their what research. Are you trying to say? <laughs> well, my, my thoughts were about GMOs. Are they really harmful? No. Do people have a right to know? I guess, but can't you just put it on the website instead of making differing laws? And there are companies that will go out of their way to pay for the non-GMO um, labeling. They get certified as non-GMO and they go out of their way because they want to show the quality and value of their product. I mean, if it's that important, you know, all if it's that important to consumers, consumers would start demanding that from the producers themselves. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is a part of that process. Again, I think most foods already have labels, so this is a matter of doing a little... A little change to the print that's already on the labels. I don't really see why that should cost very much money. So I think that we've established, Maria says no, I say yeah, so maybe we can move on to 91. Oh. Or, or you want to talk a little more about this one? No, we're yeah. good. If you had something else to say, go, I was go just, for it. Just reading through the opposition things, some people are estimating it's going to increase cost of food per family $450 a year. I don't know how true that is. Everyone does their own math. But. Yeah. <laughs> Creative math is key to campaigning. Yes, it is very key. Okay, so we're going to talk about 91. And this is the big controversy. This is the one that uh, very recently uh, has pulled towards, uh, I believe, 52% in support, 41% against, and then a big chunk undecided that, that the rest of them are undecided. And, and legalizing marijuana is something that we have to do. I mean... It, it's simple. It's a simple yes to me uh, because there's no reason to put people in jail for using a plant. I mean, this should have never been outlawed in the first place. And uh, I mean, our forefathers grew it. George Washington wrote about it in his journals of farming, the proper cultivation of the, the hemp plant and the cannabis. And th there's no reason for this to be illegal other than to put people in jail. I mean, I... I, I I, I don't really see any reason somebody should be in jail for using it. I think that if we have any money to spend, it shouldn't be on putting people in a jail warehouse setting. It should be education and potential rehab. Okay. 
So ballot 91 allows possession, manufacture, sale of marijuana by and to adults subject to state licensing, regulation, and taxation. So you are obviously saying yes, and I'm saying yes too. Having worked in the rehab world for four years before my current employment, I can tell you that this is, you know, banning marijuana is the stupidest thing that is out there. Um, People are smoking it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it is no more harmful than alcohol. Um, Which, is it to say it isn't harmful? It it is harmful. You're still going to be getting carcinogens and putting things in your lungs and altering your mental status. Yeah. But... And, and that, that's a big part that we have to stress is that, you know, there's plenty of idiots on the Internet that will tell you that it's harmless. But it isn't. You know, it, it's, it's got its own no. problems, you know. I've actually had to detox people from marijuana. So I, I'm here to tell you it can be addictive in a very rare circumstance. But that's not, that's not the point of this. Um, the, the funds, they say, are going to go to mental health, alcohol, and drug recovery services from taxing this stuff which is a good use of the money it seems yeah i mean we'll, we'll see if they actually manage to spend the money on on what was intended i mean oregon government <laughs> is famous for <laughs> taking money Not. from one place and putting it somewhere else <laughs> i think that's all government everywhere yeah um <laughs> but we're just kind of over it just i don't even i've never smoked pot a day in my life and i don't care let's stop yeah <laughs> I don't care. And I know that there are many more people out there like me that, fine, if you want to smoke, smoke. You know, let's not put people in jail. Now, let's talk about some potential unintended side effects of this. Now, back in 2012, I had some friends that were regular stoners, but they voted no. Now, there's only two reasons a stoner would vote no. One is because you're a producer and you know that you're going to have to compete with legal marijuana, which means you're not going to make as much money. You're going to get a smaller part of the pie. So if you're a drug dealer, this isn't something you want to happen. Uh, Now, two, we're more likely to follow in Washington's footsteps and have an unrealistic DUI level. It's a low enough threshold that if you're a medical user, you're going to be, there's no way you can be considered sober when you're driving. So it's important that we have some sensible policy put in place here because, you know, there's a difference between alcohol and marijuana and that, you know, alcohol goes into your system and is metabolized at a pretty steady and quick rate. I mean, that whole one drink an hour rule. But with marijuana, it stays in your system a lot longer. So even if the effects of the drug have passed past you and you're not, any, you know, intoxicated any longer, you might still be considered intoxicated because there's going to be a lot of confusion about are you, do you have too much in your blood to drive? And well, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to fear to have a law uh, that, like this come into place that's going to come with more enforcement that, that, that might give them a DUI when they don't necessarily deserve one. Well, marijuana stores in the fat cells. And so um, you have someone that smokes marijuana on a regular basis. They get the munchies. They get fat. And it stores up in their cells. And for whatever reason, say they get a job that says you can't smoke pot in spite of state law. And so they stop smoking pot so they can have this job. That fat loss that they'll have because they don't have the munchies anymore, they'll still be releasing the chemicals into their system that'll t- make them test positive. And um, if, yeah, so if they lose, if you're losing weight or, or just not even losing weight, if it's in, stored in your fat cells, it takes several months to clear out. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> so 
for, for someone that's a chronic frequent user, um, that's going to be a problem. If they stop smoking, they'll still get a little high every now and again from those fat cells burning. So, huh. Well, I, that, I, I never knew that. This is this great part about having a medical professional here on the <laughs> podcast. Is uh, it's just my history in rehab. <laughs> we would test people and for, for drugs at rehab, of course, and I always thought it was interesting that their marijuana levels would go up and down even though they've been in rehab and swear they're not using. And I was like, well, doesn't this mean they're using? And a, another doctor explained to me, no, because it's stored in the fat cells um, and they're not smoking anymore. They're losing weight and you're going to see those levels go up and down. So and we- they really struggle with marijuana <laughs> withdrawal too. It's the, it's the strangest thing because they'll get another little burst of, you know, just a little burst of being high. And that'll, you know, give them a taste of what it was like, and they'll have the craving again. Wow, that, that's, that's really insightful. These are very rare cases. This is not, but anyway, it is something to consider. So, so I don't know, do we want to play devil's advocate for this? Well, I just think it's going to pass. I mean, right. I think, even though it didn't pass two years ago, I think that, right. that we're ready for it to pass. Well, and and it's, going to, it's going to help our tourism. I mean, we're going to have people coming in from Idaho, California, Montana, Nevada, and yeah. that's good for the economy. And um, as far as black market, I think you know we're gonna have to. Colorado's still trying to balance it out too because it's legal, but it, the prices can't compete with the black market prices right yeah. now. Yeah, and that'll that'll hopefully change because now you know the more competition you get in the marketplace will help. But I mean, black market, no taxes. Now, what's nicer about this law versus Washington's law is you can actually grow your own plants. It's yeah. not it's not nearly as strict as Washington's. And uh, even Washington officials admitted they only expected to capture 25% of, of the sales that would have gone to the black market. And I think that estimate even is pretty high. I think that it's more likely people will continue using the black market. There will be only a small minority that even go to the, the marijuana store. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Measure, measure 90, 90, which is uh, a change to the way we conduct our elections. It's an open primary system here. I'm going to tell you I'm voting no on it because I don't believe that it goes far enough to create an equitable primary system. I think instant runoff voting is a better solution than open primaries. And I just don't think that this is good enough reform. I mean, with enough campaigning, you still might have the Tweedledum and Tweedledee Democrat and Republicans as your last choice. So I don't think it goes far enough, and I'm not going to vote for it. Well, okay, so... Ballot 90 changes general election nomination processes, provides for a single primary ballot listing candidates, and then the top two advance. So the way I read it is that regardless of what party you belong to, you can now vote in the primaries. That's what this would change. And so even if you're not a Democrat, you can vote for the Democratic nomination, right? Is yeah, that how it's- and I like that part of it. That, that, right. I, I don't have an issue with that part of it. Right, and then the second part... And this is why two-part measures are always bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember somewhere in grade school that said it's not supposed to be that way, but it happens all the time. The second part is that um, only the top two will advance forward. And so out of everyone that's voted for in the primaries, only the top two will go forward. But, I mean, haven't we seen enough elections just on you know a national level where the primaries, it's, a stupid horse race the whole time you know one minute it's Herman Cain the next it's uh who who else is 
Yeah, well, that's because the Republicans the didn't, Texas governor. didn't have any good candidates in the 2012 election. Right, but it's... <laughs> the national but, but, you know, election. you think about clown races like that, right? Yeah. And who's to say that someone's not going to be the ass clown um, after they've been voted for in the primaries? You know, and then well, look just... at look at look at candidate Obama versus President Obama. Candidate Obama was a socialist. President Obama is hardly any different than Bush in his, in his actual policies, really. You know, and and the same thing with candidate Bush versus President Bush. Candidate Bush was a moderate, but President Bush was far different than candidate Bush. You know, he when he was in the primaries, he was preaching something called compassionate conservatism, which was essentially an extremely moderate form of governance. But when he actually took the office, he was a warmonger, and he there's lots of money that went missing, like that 14 billion that just sort of disappeared, you know. And uh, there's a lot of corruption in his term, and there's it, a lot it, of corruption it, in every term. Yeah. I think that there are just so many more eyes on him. So I, the point is, I agree with you, is that there's, but mm. you know, it's hard to know because it, it is like a horse race. And but, well, I think people get in office too, and then. The Suddenly, reality the reality is like, oh, there's all these things I didn't have the privilege of knowing, and now I know, yeah. and I can't govern the way I intended to. And I think that's held true for President Obama with wanting his socialist stuff. It's just not going to work. Or his withdrawal from the Middle East. It's just not going to work. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> oops. <laughs> well, he, he fooled us all. And, well, at least well, he, I, he fooled my younger, he more probably liberal fooled self. himself. Yeah. Well. So anyway, back to the ballot. Um, I like the idea of voting in the primaries because I don't think we're going to have as many ass clowns. You know, the more moderate people like you and me, we can we can vote for the people that are actually going to represent the bulk of us and that will actually work together with other people to get job done and not have their fingers so invested in their constituencies so <laughs> that's yeah. why i like that part but i had to vote no because i don't like the idea of just two people yeah at the very end you know what, exactly. what will happen to write-ins yeah exactly it, it's too restrictive now mm -hmm. it, I, if you guys want to see a neat little video explaining a little bit more about alternative voting methods uh, I recommend CGP Gray's channel on YouTube. He talks, uh, he has a couple videos, one about uh, the problem with first-past-the-post voting and another one about the alternative vote, which would be instant runoff voting, which is what I would prefer to this proposal in this, can uh, in this election cycle. So looks like we're both uh, a no vote there, so we're going to have to yeah. find something else to argue about here. What do we got here? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if this is anything worth arguing about. Uh, ballot measure 89 amends the constitution state political subdivision shall not deny or abridge equality on rights on account of sex now this is an interesting one there's absolutely no there's no there's no arguments against this in here and there's there's little chance chance that this won't pass this is this is a shoe in i mean right but i think that there's a couple things worth bringing up because i don't fully understand like for example if you work in the nonprofit sector like I have, then you will have seen situations where it seems like it's just not appropriate for a man to be there, say a battered woman shelter. It's better to hire a woman. Therefore, I think it's okay to discriminate in favor of the female sex for that position. Now, if I'm reading this right, then a person no longer would be able to discriminate against sex in that kind of position. 
Now, is that true, or am I, am I just at, I think way off the mark here? just mostly applies to the way the Constitution reads, so that if something does come up, so I guess maybe. But I was listening to uh, NPR, OPB on the way here, and there were, the ACLU is actually against this measure. They're not in this pamphlet book here, but they're against really? it because they already feel that Oregon has the best protections based upon your sex. Um, and if it's not fixed, or if it's not broken, why fix it? Right? Yeah, and that, that's what I was wondering, too. Like, we already have pretty good protections, and right. I personally see, see situations where it's worth hiring only women for a certain right. position, or only men, perhaps. Like, I, uh, you know, in a case where you're working with violent sex offenders. Right. I, I wouldn't want a female, like, to work with a violent sex offender male. I think it's more appropriate for males to work with. With, with that position. So I, I, I don't see why we even need this. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that we have right. a pretty good and so pr the, system um, in place. The other thought was that not only... Because the Oregon Constitution's pretty... What's the word? It's pretty neutral, I guess, as far as gender goes. It refers to everyone as citizens, and it doesn't say man or women like the Constitution it just says citizens. And so the ACLU feels that this will actually favor women in front of any, you know, in front of the male gender. That's interesting. So so, it's, it doesn't say anything about women in the, right there. It just right. says on account of sex. Right. But, so I'm really, I don't know what the ACLU I don't, I don't even see why this, why this measure is really necessary, honestly. I, I just... Well, it, until we have equal pay, I think we're just going to keep bitching about it and, you know. Yeah. But on the other hand, I read a great article by a woman that said that the, the, the true problem with, with pay equality is that women are less likely to choose high-paying fields. And, right. and, and it's not that, that women are being paid less. It's also that women are more likely to, to work part-time or take time off to take care of children where men aren't, which creates a natural pay difference. So it's not entirely There's sexism. Part, Sometimes it's just even, circumstantial. Even entering into a career like nurse practitioner or doctor, you can bet that the male is going to make a lot more, even in the field of, of registered So I should, be, I should be thanking my lucky stars that I have an XY chromosome. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yes, that you're missing a leg <laughs> on your chromosomes. Yes, you are, you are lucky. <laughs> But, yeah, even entering into a field, I know that my male counterparts started off at a lot, you know, at a much higher pay than I did. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's more women working than men. Is that fair? That sounds like sexism. Maybe because women are better workers than men. Or is it sexism? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's, you know, you know, you know feminism is its whole, you know, I have strong feelings about it. And I think women keep women down more than men are keeping women down at this point. There's, there's a great article in the Oregonian telling, by, again, by a woman, because if a man wrote this, he'd be a misogynist. But since a woman <laughs> wrote it, he's not a, she can't be a misogynist. Anyway, she wrote about how women need to stop acting like victims. And I, I think there's a certain subset of women that, that, that do, because need to start acting like, you know, what the ultimate goal of what I believe feminism is, which is equal rights and mutual respect. I, I don't think it needs to be any more complicated than that. I don't think women need to be a special protected class that gets special, you know, Right, and so I suppose that would be the at, argument against 89. Well, It's I, not really protecting them, though. Well, I, I just don't see why it's necessary. Like, I believe in equality, you believe in equality. It's not... I, I, I'm, I'm curious about the ACLU's argument. I wish we had it in front of us. And, yeah. But the point is, I think that 
that we do have, you know, further to go about, you know, the, the pay gap, and that is a real issue. But I, yeah. I think that we've gotten off on a bit of a tangent here because we could talk about this sort of thing forever. But I, I do think that right. mutual respect and equality is right. all that matters. You know, I went ahead and voted yes. I don't see any reason not to. It's not. It's not not going to fail. There's no way it's not going to pass, especially in Oregon. You right. know? They've tried to do it on a national level in the constitution. The, the U.S. And that'd be great. It sounds like there's but more it, of a need they've there. They've been doing it for 91 years is what they said, and they just keep failing at it. For I, I don't know the whole reasons. I haven't been following it the last 91 years. But, <laughs> um, it's not even making it to the floor to vote anymore because people are just tired of hearing about it, but they keep trying. Anyway. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in a minute. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. We're going to finish talking about the ballot measures now, and we're on 88. 88 provides Oregon resident driver's cards without recognize, requiring proof of legal residence in the U.S. So, uh, this is kind of a contentious issue, and I, I wonder how close this is going to be. It seems like it could be a close, close one because there's a lot of strong opinions about it. Well, we have a lot of immigrants in our state, so... Um, course it's contentious um so i'm going to vote or i already did i voted no um <laughs> and it's not because i don't like immigrants it's because i feel they it, took their jobs no i don't care about that <laughs> i just had this idea that if we're gonna say you're illegal then we say you're illegal and not make some parts of it legal. <laughs> and I'm 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 al- almost radically liberal on on borders. I, I believe in open borders. I I don't I don't feel threatened by immigrants. I feel like this country what about was built open borders with Ebola. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that that that's another issue. I know. We I can didn't. talk about that in a second. But as far in terms of immigrants go, as far as they go that don't have Ebola or any other communicable diseases. I, I believe that this country was built on the backs of hard-working immigrants. You know? It was. And, and a lot of them were just like the Mexicans of today, and they weren't well-liked. They were feared. You know, just look at the Irish and look at the, look at the Chinese that built our railroads. Look at the, the Africans that didn't get paid for any of their labor until after the Civil War. You know, they, they've all been a part of building this country. I'm going to vote yes because I, I, I think that Additionally, if we have some problem immigrants, the fact that they have identification means that they should be in a system and hopefully a little bit easier to track down. So I, that's, that's the way I see it. But. Yeah. I just feel like, like I said, we're giving, I don't know, it's like parenting. You can't be inconsistent. You, it's either yes or no sometimes. It's impossible to have a government that isn't inconsistent. But right. Yeah. I, but that, I, that's where I'm coming from. And, you know, there's, there's a part of me that is still bitter from uh, when I had my child. I didn't have health insurance. I had two jobs. And I was told I'd have to quit one of them to receive any government assistance. So I didn't quit them. I kept working so I could actually pay my bills. But I went to the county clinic and got my help there. And granted, it was on a sliding scale, but I was there at the clinic with people who didn't have to show that they were tax-paying, contributing citizens, that they really um, are legally here. And they got 
all the help they needed free of cost and they didn't have to prove one way or the other. And a lot of that comes from bitterness. And so, <laughs> you know, just it's what it is. I feel very strongly about this. I, I think we should make becoming citizens of this country a lot easier. I mean, if I were in Mexico living in a lot of the circumstances that are down there, I would probably sneak across the border too. Exactly. And now... So, you know, <laughs> I'm torn, but I just feel we have to be consistent. You're either illegal or you're not, but we should make it easier to become legal. Yeah, and of course, the big problem with health care is that... There, we should, we should, we, there's not one biggest problem with health care. Well, we, yeah, we should have single payer. That, that's, that, would, that would eliminate that and a lot of other problems. But, um, yeah, so I think I'm going to vote yes, and I, Maria's going to vote no, and, and I think we've both given our reasons on that. And Well, some of the reasons in the um, little pamphlet here, um, I guess seniors that were born and didn't have a birth certificate, this would make it easier, but you figure a senior would have figured it out by now I don't know yeah and then the rest of the arguments really kind of I don't know are there any other arguments around this issue well there's plenty of arguments in favor and I go right it's better for tracking people is what they say um anyway let's move on yeah let's move on to 87 which is <laughs> nobody cares yeah there's not a single argument for or against in the oh ballot. there's there's one argument in support oh excuse me I'm it said wrong. none it said none wait Oh, that was a different one. So this one amends the Constitution, permits employment of state judges by the National Guard and state public universities. So this just allows judges to either teach at a university or to be in the National Guard. Sure. I don't see any reason why not. Do we care? <laughs> well, I was, I was almost going to be a no vote on that. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but I guess there's something in the... Vote. There's, there's something in the Constitution that says that they can't do both, and so this is just getting rid of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why they can't. Uh, my, my bigger issue is with, with judges is that they are unelected often. It's, and, yeah. And not, not, not always, but, you know, more, often enough that it counts, like, say, the Supreme Court, you know. Yeah. Make a lot of important decisions, and they're not elected. Well, they're appointed, and... But that's not the issue here. Aren't most judges busy enough that they don't really have time to be teaching or I don't, drilling on the weekends? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but the, <laughs> the, yeah, neither of us really have a strong opinion about this. No. But I, 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 did you vote yes? I voted yes. And why? I'll probably vote yes, why too. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no arguments in opposition. There's one argument. It's kind of nice to just be like, okay, fine. Um, now, speaking of... Secondary education, higher education. We have ballot measure 86. It amends the Constitution and requires creation of fund for Oregonians pursuing post-secondary education, authorizes state indebtedness to finance fund. The way you said Oregonians sounded like Argonians, by the way. I know. I have a speech impediment. No, well... Oregonians is how it's pronounced. Do you know what an Argonian is? What's an Argonian? An Argonian is a race of lizard people. (laughs) From the Elder Scrolls series of video games. Okay, well... And they can breathe underwater. You know how sometimes words <laughs> don't come out of your mouth the right way? I do not mean to imply we are lizards. <laughs> yeah, you have to look at David Ick for any of that stuff. Okay. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> no geckos around here. Okay. Um, so, I voted no. Um, again, <laughs> I have a lot of strong feelings. 
If you want to go to post-secondary school um, and school being open to, uh, what did they say? Technical, professional, or career training. If you want to do any of those things, pay for it yourself. Ooh, strong words there. Because how many people go off and get poetry degrees? Well, is that, is that going to be... <laughs> they, get, that, they get degrees that... Does this cover poetry degrees? No, this cover... It doesn't say what degrees. It's technical, professional, and career training. So, so anyone outside of high school that wants to get education to further advance their, their future and their career... So it sounds like it doesn't include liberal arts degrees, then. Because unless that's part of your career it's, that's training. That's a professional, I would imagine, that's professional training. What's the estimation of financial impact? $4.3 billion. That's a wait, lot of money. Wait. So how Bonding for the for fund that? is limited to a maximum of 1% of the real market value of all property in this state. 1% of the current real market value is approximately $4.3 billion. So where's the money going to come from? Have they figured that out? We're going to go into debt to loan these mo this money to people who are supposed to pay it back. But how many people are trying to apply now for, for you know, loan forgiveness for their federal loans, and they didn't finish an edu they didn't even finish their education. Yeah. Well, I I think that that our higher education system is unfortunately predatory, and yes, I can see why something like read this more might be about it on our website at recliningsociety.blogspot.com. <laughs> we had a guest author for that one. Uh, I believe, I believe his call sign was the Jinja Ninja. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was a professor, or is a professor, um, of a very nice school. And he sees the school taking advantage of this money that we make available, supposedly to get more students to go to school. But it's just, it's a money-making machine with the way we... We give free money yeah. to, to students. Well, what happens is, is people make bad choices with that money. Like University of Phoenix gets a lot of federal money right. for useless degrees. You know, and, right. and, and it's a degree mill. It's what it is. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we're not going to be getting any advertising from University of Phoenix now. <laughs> not that we would have anyway. But <laughs> No. The point well, is that... Some yeah. of those degrees can be very helpful, but they definitely overcharge them. Yeah. Some people do and get And that jobs. means the taxpayers are footing the bill because oftentimes these are people on a GI bill that are right. know, having that money fall there. And that, that's unacceptable. But so we do, we do need some reform. And I can... Right. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to vote on this one yet. Is more this money being sure provided about? to students. I just... You know, the schools take advantage of that. They jack their prices up, and they say, oh, tuition's so expensive. But consider all the different schools that are always building, 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 instead of investing in what they already have, right? Um, is it really that expensive? Is it really that hard to keep up with the cost of tuition? It's just those universities need to stop jacking up the prices and stop being Frivolous. these money-making machines. They're out to make a profit, even though they're state public schools. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely don't think that, you know, taxpayer money needs to go to public universities to build a new football stadium. Right. Example. But then this also says technical and career training. So, you know, someone wanting to do a technical job. But I put myself through school and I did take out loans and I'm paying them back. And that's the same idea here. But we already have the federal loan program. How many? FAFSA. Yes. So how many loan programs does a person need? They still have... They already have access to FAFSA. 
Everyone yeah. does. Or, or you could just go to Germany or Canada or, you can or, borrow from or Scandinavian countries and become a, a citizen and get a free education. <laughs> I think Germany is starting to offer, I, I read something in the news where they're going to offer to American students a free education for post-secondary. That sounds great. Let's go to fucking Germany. <laughs> you have to learn German. Auf Wiedersehen. I don't know German. Uh, mein Deutsch. Ah. Nicht sehr gut, aber... Nicht schlecht. Anyway. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. Um, I just... If you want to go to school, if it's if the passion is burning in you strong enough, pay for it yourself. Be willing to go into debt for it yourself. Um, granted, you'll have to pay this loan back too, but I, I just don't think... We make this money available to people, and they don't get degrees that actually mean anything. And no offense to a lot of the liberal art degrees, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who are, you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people who have gone to college and have a, gr- a degree that they can't use career-wise, and they have debt that they have to pay. And I know a lot of people who go to school for a couple of semesters, decide it's not for them, and they don't like all the hard work involved with being a student, and then they just stop going, but they still have loans that they they incurred from the two semesters they went, and nothing to show for it. You know, if it's really that important to someone, go out and get it yourself. Be willing to to take that hit to your finances. Well, at least it is limited to one percent of the real market value. But forty three billion dollars, four point three billion dollars. Well, what happened? Yeah, what happens when? When it's all been applied for, I mean, is this is this going to be a first come first serve? I, I honestly don't feel like there's enough predictable information. Right. How do we and decide then, who gets and that? And then that the chunk, legislator, you know? the second part to that, and that's why we hate sec- two part ballot measures, is that the legislator can borrow against it for emergencies. So it's just like you know, it's kind of like a the idea of tax. Like we say, oh, it's only going to be one percent, but that's one percent now, and then. They're going to be sneaky in in the legislature and keep increasing it behind their backs until it's two or three percent. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, what I find surprising is that there's only one argument in opposition against this. I would (laughs) mine. No, no. I mean, in the in the in the in the ballot, I would think there'd be some more conservatives and libertarians. I mean, I would think I'm surprised. Now, this is a. Just say no to Measure 86. The only argument against it says bonds authorized by 86 will not be paid off from investment earnings or by students who benefited from them, benefit from them, but by Oregon income taxpayers. Oh, is that how it's done? So the students don't even have to pay it back? I I was reading through it, but money money used to pay out. Well, this is the argument in opposition. So money used to pay off Measure 86 bonds will not be available to fund schools, prisons, and social services. Based on ACT college admission tests, only 30% of Oregon's 2014 high school graduates may be ready for college. So the argument here is, that he's making is that a lot of the students that are going to yeah, apply for this money aren't going to be ready for college, right. and they might do what you just said and not make it all the way well, through. Well, his argument is to invest more in the education systems we already have with uh, primary education. And I can agree with that. There need, we need a lot of reform in primary education, but that's an entirely different conversation. But I guess I missed the part of, are the students going to pay it back, or are we paying it back? Well, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know enough about this Either to, way, to, to, I, to endorse it. I, I, feel like, I feel like, you know, we have all the, the liberals have all these ideas that are very idealistic, but, you know, don't really worry about how to actually implement them and pay for them. And this, this looks like just another example of that to me. 
But this allows the state to, okay, the summary of this thing. Oregon Constitution generally prohibits the state from extending credit or incurring debt. This measure requires the legislature, legislature to create dedicated fund for exclusive benefit of Oregon students pursuing post-secondary education. Measure authorizes the state to lend credit and incur debt to finance the fund. So we're gonna allow our state to go into debt for this, for one. Um, may not exceed 1% of the market value. Money is not subject to constitutional limitations on investment. Earnings must be retained by the fund unless used to provide financial assistance to Oregon students pursuing post-secondary education. So this is basically a loan from Oregon I don't even know if it's a student. loan. It doesn't say if it's a loan. It doesn't say that the students have to pay it back. Yeah, well, part of the problem, too, is that people who have to take loans end up, you know, having to pay a higher interest rate than those who are on FAFSA. So, again, you know, the people who are doing the hard work are getting punished while the people that have less resources to begin with are getting an extra hand, and that there's that to consider. Repayment of bond principal and interest shall be from the state general fund, which comes primarily from individual business and income taxes. Hmm. So nobody, it doesn't sound like students are repaying it. It's something that the, I guess the idea is to put more people, to make more valuable employees throughout the state and put people to work in more valuable jobs with educations and hopefully generate more revenue that way. I can understand that. That's an interesting argument, but, but it, it just... It, it doesn't sound like the perfect solution. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of potential for abuse. Yeah, especially the fact that we can borrow against it for emergencies. I'm, I'm very skeptical. Yeah. And uh, that's the end of the ballot measures. Um, and we did say we were going to talk about Ebola a little bit. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this sensationalist panic that's gripping the nation. Sh should we close the borders to... Liberians, Sierra Leone, Leon, Leonians, Leonids? I don't fucking know. Leonites? Le <laughs> the Leonites, that sounds like a, a something out of the Book of Mormon. The Leonites and the Jebusites worship some... Oh, never mind, we'll offend the Mormons if I keep talking. <laughs> yes, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, Those wacky border. Mormons. <laughs> yes. Close the border? You think so? I don't know. Like, they can still go, come here in roundabout ways through Europe. Um, I don't see any, any reason not to put a travel ban until it's been more contained. Right. I, but on the other hand, I think that people are overreacting to it strongly. Right. And if you get Ebola in America, you're likely to survive. If you get Ebola in Africa, you're not likely to survive because we have much better medical facilities here. Right. Um, I think you're more likely to die from the flu this year. I mean, mathematically, you're definitely more likely to die from the flu this year. Yes. So. The uh, flu's coming. Let's quarantine everyone with the flu, huh? How about that? Sounds good to me. Get your <laughs> flu shot. Get your flu shot. I've never had a flu shot. I'm, I've got okay. a badass immune system. I know a 30-year-old that died from the flu. Well, I'm 29. I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I was doing rotations for school for my undergrad... Some guy died at the hospital. That's scary. From the flu, yeah. He had two little kids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me to get a flu shot? I recommend it. <laughs> it's my uh, professional advice. It's just advice. It's not 
an order or a prescription. All right. You heard it here, folks. Get a flu shot. And thanks for listening to us have a conversation about this. Uh, clearly, I wasn't as prepared as I could have been because I really still don't know I'm going to vote on 86. But it's uh... Yeah, well, apparently I wasn't prepared either because I thought we were paying back or the students would be paying back the, the money. But no, we're just going to go into debt for students that might not even finish an education. Yeah. But everyone else seems to be in favor of it except for yours truly and that one guy in the, the book. So it's probably going to pass. It's probably going to pass. Well, we'll see, huh? Free uh, education for everyone. So uh, we're going to come back in a minute to show you how everything's trending, and then we're going to close it up, all right? Oregon driver's card, as of October 21st measure, um, is not going to pass, according to Breitbart. Looks like two-thirds of voters are probably going to reject that one. Uh, in terms of the, the marijuana measure, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely winning, but there's still a large enough chunk of undecided voters that it's too close to call yet. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and the GMO measure, uh, as of October 15th, looks like it's going to pass. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but... You know, anything can happen. So everyone needs to get out there and vote. Make your opinion heard. Does anyone care about 86? I haven't seen any polls on 86. I, I haven't don't... heard any, like, advertisements. All I know is from what's in that book. Yeah. Well, I don't know about 86 either. That, that one's a mystery to me. I'm, uh, so that's why I want to encourage all of you to vote and make your opinion heard. Because if there's one thing Maria and I hate, it's people that bitch about the law but don't vote. So get out there and make your voice heard. It's not hard to vote. Drop off your ballot in the library ballot box if you're a last-minute voter or a post office ballot box. and Just just do it, people. Come on. Do it. Vote. Do it. All right. This has been Reclining Society. With our biannual <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We'll do another one soon, hopefully. Um, soon is all relative. It's all relative, yes. But it's uh, it's been lovely getting to chat and yes. and gab and uh, yeah. Next, till next time, folks. Vote.